Welcome, welcome, welcome to Showcase Broadcast Studios. My name is Michael Wardy. I'm a certified financial planner and regional director at Source Advisors, where we are working with our clients on various tax incentive programs to help them increase cash flow. This morning, I am really excited to invite Christine uh, into the studio virtually the studio. Um, Christine is with Puzzle HR, and we are going to be talking about one of the hottest topics, I think, in most recent, in more recent years, and it's the war on talent. So Christine, thank you so much for joining. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me today, Michael. I'm super excited to talk about this topic that is on every business owner's mind today, it seems like. It, it, it's crazy because I talk every single day. I talk to people, and they and they this the constant question and comment is, "Hey, if you know anyone, do you know anyone? Help us out. We need employees." And I I don't get why they can't. So that's what I'm going to ask you um, as one of our questions. But Christine, before we get started, can you just give us the audience and thank you everyone for joining on YouTube, LinkedIn, and Twitter for joining us live this morning. Um, if you do have questions or comments, please share those in your whichever uh, venue you're you're um, you're watching this on. Um, share those so that we can continue conversations. If you do have questions, we will get to those. Hopefully, if not, we will get to those after and follow up with you. Um, so, Christine, tell me. Oh, I almost spilled my water. Um, tell me a little bit about. Tell us a little bit about Puzzle HR. Yeah, great. Thank you so much. So, Puzzle HR, we are a managed human resource provider. Um, we are agnostic and neutral when it comes to technology. So many of our peers in the marketplace are their HR support is driven by a technology suite of services or some sort of health insurance or workers comp um, type of service. We are truly agnostic. And, and our benefit is we help our clients with everything from administration of day to day HR tasks. So really alleviating the burden um, from employers and C-level professionals all the way through sitting at that C-level executive table and working with the C-suite on helping match their business goals with their biggest asset and sometimes their biggest liability, their employees. So really changing the way that businesses view HR, which we're seeing is becoming more and more important with some of the newer generationals, the millennials, Gen Y, Gen Zs coming into the work environment where they really do truly value um, you know, culture, work-life balance, et cetera. So helping business owners manage HR from the tactical to the strategic. Um, and, and that's, you know, we're, we're changing the industry a little bit here at Puzzle Human Resources. Perfect. Perfect. I love it. Okay. So the great shift, the war on talent, the great resignation. What is this all about? Yeah. So we knew that there was going to be a change coming prior to the pandemic, right? With Gen Y and Gen Z entering the workforce and their relationship with their working environment. Um, what the pandemic did was it really sped up a lot of that change. Um, so we lost, you know, obviously millions of workers throughout the pandemic. And what the pandemic did was it gave everybody time to think about what they really wanted in life right? The commute time, their work-life balance, really think about what was going to be important with what they wanted moving forward. So mm -hmm. as we saw a lot of people exiting the workforce through COVID, not through their own necessarily desires, they were at home, they were with their families, they were working on their passion projects. Um, and this gave them time to think. We also look at major metropolitan cities, where you had a massive shift in outpouring of employees going out to the suburbs 
Um, you know, we take a look at New York City, where I am, right? New York City was fueled by theater, right? Uh, fueled by actors and dancers. Um, it supported the economy. It was a big driver to the workforce. Um, and what happened? The pandemic came and, you know, hospitality, Broadway, all of these venues had shut down. So people moved. And some of them just aren't plainly coming back to these major cities. You also have some of the, you know, the, the big talent that were in these major cities opening up their own businesses and establishments outside in the suburbs now as well. So you have the time, right, and thinking of the employees of where they were and what they want moving forward. And then you also literally have a physical exodus out of major metropolitan areas. Um, so that really started started the 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 war on talent or the great resignation the great shift if that's what we want to call it um did you have a question yeah so i'm just thinking about this in this this great shift out of major metropolitan areas and i'm seeing that a lot when i talk to because we work a lot with cpa firms throughout the country they're seeing that they can have their office in new york but they could have employees in montana it yeah. just doesn't matter anymore. And it's kind of an interesting shift in the mindset. In yeah. All that. Absolutely. I mean, so many clients we're working with now had, you know, 90% of their employees surrounding their office. And yeah. now they have 20 or so different states that they're in. So it, it really is shifting the way that business is have to, you know, deploy their human capital management, but it's also changing how we do business. I mean, Michael, I'm in New Jersey, right? You're you're <laughs> you're nowhere near New Jersey. Two years right. ago, three years ago, we might not have been connected because the you know the um, the how we met was through virtual networking, right? Yeah. And through our resources. So we yeah. even look at the way that business is being conducted. It is completely different today than what it was prior to the pandemic. It's really interesting. So you are it, correct. Yeah, and I know I have friends of mine that they continue to they continue to work virtually, but. Um, one person that I know, he actually, he and his family rented an RV and they've just been driving around the country. Yeah. Um, and he goes, why can't I? Everything's virtual anyway. Uh, and it's, I could see the country at the same time. Yeah. It's just a completely different mindset. Yeah. And I know for, I know for manufacturers, you need to be physically there. There are certain businesses that yeah. you can't do virtually, obviously. What, what, from your perspective and what uh, Puzzle HR is seeing, what, what industries are you seeing most impacted by this? I mean, every industry is being impacted, right? So we do have the blue collar mm -hmm. industries where people who have been potentially, you know, overworked, right? Working crazy hours, whether you're retail, hospitality, third shift manufacturing, again, those things slow down. So they got mm -hmm. to be back home and reevaluate what they were. So the blue collar industries are suffering tremendously, right, with with yeah. acquiring talent. Um, and this is where we really talk about important culture. Um, you know, my good friends, uh, the Juvie brothers who you had on your show a few weeks ago, really yeah. talked about, you know, the four day work week <laughs> and creating flexibility. So even if you are a manufacturer, there are things that we can help you implement so that you can continue to provide flexibility, even though you do need physical bodies in those seats. Right. We also look at, you know, a mass exodus when it comes to, you know, um, different demographics in the in the workforce. There's a lot of studies that are being conducted about diversity, you know, equity and inclusion. And you have some demographics of employees that are just refusing to come back um, because they were in a less hostile envoy environment as they were working from home. 
So they're not going back to these hostile work environments. And that's a really interesting point when we start to break down the statistics with, you know, um, with with diversity in the workplace and the drive mm-hmm. for for many, uh, many people wanting to stay out of those environments. And then, you know, we look at the statistics from the pandemic as well. And we we're talking about industries. We look at um, and, and this will allude to every industry. Right. I have very you know, white collar, high paying professional industries that are experiencing shortage, shortage on talent because some of the people have realized it's worth a pay cut versus working and being driven 12 hours a day, 14 hours a day, 16 hours a day and missing my life outside of that environment. So we are seeing across the board, whether you are blue collar or white collar, whether you're a widget maker or in the finance industry, difficulties recruiting and retaining some talent. You know, we had anywhere, different studies show different things, right? It's it's anywhere from, you know, 1 million to almost close to 3 million women have left the workforce. And it depends upon the sites that you look at will we'll give you different numbers, but a mm-hmm. dramatic amount of women have left the workforce. Um, and when we look at, you know, that impacts obviously every industry as well. Women made up almost 50% of the workforce prior to the pandemic, yeah. not today. It's really, you know, it's something that employers really need to think about as they're looking at rebuilding their employee headcount, right? I mean, they left because of, you know, obviously pay inequality, right? I mean, if there still were not pay inequality issues, we wouldn't have seen the dramatic difference of women versus men leaving the workforce when it came down to the traditional caregiving responsibilities, right? So there's still that traditional caregiving responsibility that's placed on the, you know, women in the workforce with, pay inequality. I mean, it, you know, unfortunately, many women were were forced out and they're not returning because they still need that flexibility because we still have some insecurities when it comes to schooling and what's going to happen with the pandemic. And again, during the pandemic, we've just had a lot of time to really think about what's important to our our personal mission and vision and values, not just a corporate's mission, vision and values. It's it's a really good point. And the idea of this work-life balance, which has been around and talked about for so long, I feel like it's coming to reality now. People are truly, not just the employees are saying, hey, we want our employees to have work-life balance. Employees are stepping up and saying, we deserve and we want work-life balance. And we're not going to just wait for you to do it. We have the flexibility to, if you don't do it, we're going to go somewhere else. Yeah, And- that, that's a huge challenge. And when we were talking, when you mentioned uh, about the four-day four work week, um, about giving that flexibility and helping to, to keep them in, but more important for these businesses is keeping their top talent in their company because they're, they're worth everything. How are they doing? How do, how, do, how do you guys help your clients maintain, retain and really just keep and grow top talent? How, how, what are you guys doing to help them with that? Yeah, that's great. Great questions, Michael. And, and there's a few points I want to make to this, to this one. It's, you know, we look at, you know, again, the newer generation, the, the Gen Y, the Gen Z, 35% of the workforce, um, you know, they want that flexibility. Mm-hmm. And one thing that's changed, and it's really interesting because I hear a lot of, well, you know, when I was a partner at the firm, you know, or a newbie at the firm before I was a partner, I had to work seven days a week. I had to work 13, 14 hours, right? We hear that a lot. But 10 years ago, five years ago, we weren't connected to our work as much as we are today. We are all so connected 24 hours a day, 
seven days a week to our work. It's on our cell phones. It's on our LinkedIn. We're getting our emails to our homes. So it's shifted, right? And while the mentality of, okay, it's eight o'clock at night, I'm sending you an email. A lot of employers have the expectation that their employees will respond, to be quite honest. And especially if you're in our service-based industry, right? You better get back to that client. There's not a lot of boundaries surrounding that. So the mentality, again, of, of the flexibility of what the, the generations, the newer generations are looking for is I'm tied to my, you know, my phone 24-7. Whether I answer an email at 2 o'clock in the morning or 2 o'clock in the afternoon, it really doesn't matter as long as I'm responding and meeting my deadlines and my quality of work is the same. So we have to really look at production and how managers are looking at production and I use the word managers because there is a big difference between your mid-level manager versus mid-level leaders, right? Leaders are going to be able to manage that production and that communication a lot more efficiently than managers who are just used to measuring butts and seats. And that's a big shift that we're talking about. So you asked how we were doing this by helping mid-level managers truly understand how to measure productivity and how to lead, not necessarily by sitting across the table and counting how many people are in their seats at their desk that day, but how do we really truly measure the production, the quality and the efficiency of the work that's being delivered? And is it on time? So helping managers lead through that, which will help create that flexibility in the work environment that everybody wants today. Um, big thing. Very Another big tip that we're, we're finding that is working out with our employers is, quote unquote, rehiring your employees. Right. Mm -hmm. These reviews, potentially giving retention bonuses in this environment, because to your point, Michael, it's going to cost you as a business owner a lot less to retain that employee than to have to go out and recruit and no hire doubt. and onboard and train a new one. No doubt. That's yeah. that's the thing is I, it seems like the employers no longer have control. It seems like from what I'm hearing, the employees are just saying I'm worth more. Not just from a financial perspective, that does help, obviously, yeah. but it's more of just a overall global life experience. So, yeah, given that, so you there's a plan for retaining. Yeah. Here's the biggest challenge that I hear: how do you attract? How yeah, do you get employees, and how do you how do you how do you do it now? It's it's not that easy anymore. No, it is not, and you are correct. Talent is driving the marketplace. And, you know, studies are showing that it's going to be at least five years where there's going to be more of a demand for jobs than people, I, I don't want to say entering the workforce, but that the, there's a big talent, talent shift for five years. So this isn't just as we're recovering from COVID conversation. This is a true cultural and business shift. And I'm often, you know, businesses that aren't willing to shift are, are going to unfortunately have a tremendous issue with talent. So recruitment is very tight these days. So let's talk about a few best practices. Um, you know, one, and I want to say culture is driving everything. And mm -hmm. as a business owner and as a C-level executive, you need to drive your culture and not your, let your employees drive your culture. And that does take a lot of leadership development, education to start to drive the culture message from the top down versus the bottom up. Um, and it's extremely important. And we are seeing retention rates higher in businesses that have a true culture and people feel connected to each other. So, you know, big things for recruitment is the passion and your purpose, right? Whenever you're having a manager or somebody do an interview with an employee, they've got to be passionate about the purpose. They've got to be connected to your mission, vision, and values, right? And, and that employee and that potential candidate needs to feel your passion. So a true connection to the purpose of whatever the business is doing is imperative for all the people that are going to be touching the candidates to truly emphasize and not to be fake because people can read through fakeness. 
but be genuinely excited about the work that they're doing in that purpose. Um, mm -hmm. Very basic tactile things that businesses can do. You got to respond to employees quickly when they apply. Like you can't wait two or three days to apply. You've got to respond quickly. You've got to get them in the process of going through that interviewing stage. And if you think you like somebody, you got to jump on that offer. Um, from a from a marketing perspective, the traditional job ads, they're not working anymore. You've got to make an advertisement for your company. Why do people want to work there, right? If your company has been recognized as a top 10, top 100 performer in your city, highlight that. If you offer flexibility, highlight that. I think the flexibility and the opportunity to have that is going to be the number one driver for recruitment and retention of employees. They're all looking for that. Yeah. Um, and again, that's to our point, right? Whether we do a three-day work week, a four-day work week, maybe you get to choose a few flex days if you are in an environment where you need to be in a seat, right? Um, having some sort of flexibility still so that people have control of their own lives, I think is going to be really important, but you've really got to add, you got to, you got to put your company out there like an advertisement. You've got to research what words are being, are trending right now from a search perspective, um, from an employee and a, a potential talent perspective. Um, that is huge and making sure that as we're using this technology and as there's search engines that your wording is aligning with what people are actually looking for. Um, so quickness to respond to employees, have an attractive job posting, um, have everybody that touches that candidate be enthusiastic about the, you know, the company, um, right. act quick, and then, you know, be genuine in your efforts when you're recruiting. So is this a magic wand? No. Um, but you know, we need to, and then we need to highlight the benefits. Um, it, there is a true connection of benefits and we're not just talking to health insurance and 401k. We're talking all of the extra benefits and the soft benefits that employers should be putting in place today to to attract and retain their employees. Um, so, was, was this shifting even before COVID? Yes. Man, I did not see that. Yeah. And I'm not a hiring person. I don't hire. But still, I didn't. There was not much of a conversation until we started to come back into the office that be like there's more and more people talking about it. That's. It's tough, especially yeah. in on top of it, you're trying to um uh you, you're trying to just run your business. Yeah, um, it is. It's a lot for employers to digest. And you know, I think that's why you see some of the technology companies, you know, having um, you know, having a little bit more success for recruitment because they've been catering to the Gen Y and the Gen Zs for years prior to the pandemic, yeah. right? Um, everybody wants to go work for Google. Everybody wants to work for Facebook, right? Everybody wants to yeah. work for, you know, Amazon, you know, maybe not, um, you know, Amazon's also a hot place to work. So you look at, but you look at pre-pandemic and the perks that they offered pre-pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. Are aligning with what people want today. And a lot of the, the generations that are, you know, the Gen Y, the Gen Zers, they used COVID as a time, again, we go back to production, they proved their case that they don't need to be in the office, you know, five days a week for 40 hours a week to be able to be productive. Actually, a lot of studies show that production actually went up with virtual environments. So it's really interesting when we think about that, why people want people back in the office. Yeah. And, you know, there's ways to collaborate, you know, virtually, there's ways to collaborate with a hybrid environment. It doesn't all have to be, you know, at the water cooler. It's true. It's true. So we did have a question come up. Yeah. Um, how is diversity, equity, and inclusion driving hiring today? I mean, there's that's a loaded question, and we probably could do a whole, you know, series <laughs> on that. But thank you. We have to have a part two. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, can, again, candidates that are leaving their current position because they just felt that they were in an unsafe environment for whatever yeah. reason. Um, I think if you are looking to, you know, really to take this program seriously, you need to know where you are today and, and get a pulse for how your culture feels today. Um, we're seeing employee resource groups become a really big part of the hiring process for, um, you know, for groups that are focusing on an initiative to create more diversity uh, within their organization. And basically what that is, is their peer run groups, right? So whether you have a Latino Latino, whether you have an LGBTQ plus community group, uh, whether you have a mother's group or a single working mom's group. And what we're seeing is some of these groups are being added as resources during the interviewing process. So if you do have a candidate, um, you know, and again, we're not we're not being biased, but you want to you know, you can let your candidates know that your organization supports, you know, ERGs and, um, it, you know, provide them potentially even an opportunity to have a conversation with one of the leaders of those employee resource groups. Um, we are seeing employers starting to really grab onto the idea of blind interviewing, which is really where you have a third party um, really take out some of the things from a resume that might, uh, you know, kind of whether it's age, whether it's a name, whether it's where they live, um, where you have a third party service that really removes any demographic information and you are not measuring based upon a resume anymore. You're really right. interviewing based upon skill set. Um, and it's, uh, it's not driven by where did you go to school and tell me, you know, about why you left your last employer. It's truly just driving through skill set, um, and, and eliminating some of those questions. And, and of course you're meeting the person face to face and you're not wearing a blindfold. That's not what we mean by blind interviewing, but when candidates are presented, <laughs> I had somebody say, how can I interview somebody without ever seeing them? I'm like, um, that's not what we're saying. The people that... <laughs> It's really funny. The people that are doing the interviewing are past long candidates based upon skill set match and not resume yeah. match. So um, it, it, it's, it's it makes sense. Yeah. Um, this is great. Christine, so where does one last question? And I, again, I appreciate you joining me this morning. Where does Puzzle HR fit into the whole equation? What do they drop in? Um, we are doing everything for our clients. Uh, for our clients, we do help with talent recruitment um, and we mm -hmm. talent acquisition. We do a lot of talent management strategy, right? So, uh, you know, helping employers know who's their, you know, who are competent, stable people that are going to be with you forever, no matter what, versus those people that are at risk. I think that's really important for managers to start to understand to how to identify employees at risk. Um, mm -hmm. Talking a lot about retaining your employees, right? Putting in place frequent engagement programs, frequent surveys. I really, I, we, I was talking to this about the other uh, the other day. Again, we're all on social media. Right. Mm -hmm. We want to know we're going to be checking how many likes did we get on this? How many shares did we be getting on this? Right. Because it's instant gratification. The right. same can go with our relationship with our employees. So helping our employers put in programs that provide that instant gratification and that monthly small review process that also helps with the review at the end. Um, you know, showing employees appreciation and how we can do that, creating programs around that, creating programs around flexibility. Right. So we're fitting in it in all areas um, of the employer and the employee life cycle. Uh, yeah. We can help from that, re you know, that recruitment and we need to attract more candidates all the way through. Um, you know, here here's, a, you know, and unfortunately, we've seen also a shift where employees are realizing the right people are not necessarily in the right seats. So what do we do about that? Because now that we've lost some of the fat that supported those people because they're not coming back to the office, we've realized sure. that they are incompetent to do their job. So figuring out what to do with those employees as well, which is a little different than the conversation we started off with, right? But employers right. are struggling with the right people in the right seats right now as well, because yeah. some of them have been trimmed from the organization. 
I, I will say that um, in relation to what you just said, it used to be that, you know, if you're not doing a good job, it wasn't, let's see if they're in the right position. It was get rid of them. We'll get somebody else. Yes. And they could, they probably were letting people go that were actually very strong, just not in the current position they were in. Yeah. So I, I think that that's, I know that that's important to make sure that, yeah. that employee is in the right position. If they're not shift them around until he's realized they're just not in the right business or the industry. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know where we see a lot of that, the mid-level managers, right? Mm -hmm. People who were really good at their job and were really good at, you know, sales or writing those, you know, doing underwriting for an insurance company, really good at their job. And because they were really good at their job, they were promoted to managers, right? Yeah. They have no yeah. management skill sets or the EQ. And, you know, in a lot of these mid-sized businesses, there are not resources to be able to train those managers. So we see a lot of managers being in the wrong seat. And to your point, it's not that they weren't great, but then they get this, you know, the business then looks at their performance as a manager and they're like, well, you're not doing really well here. And to your point, instead of shifting them back into that, maybe a producer role or that, you know, another role, they just work them out of the business as a manager because yeah. you were a good manager. So we go back to leadership. We go back to development. We go back to mid-level companies, really, you know, uh, mid-level managers being the cornerstone of a company. Um, but yeah, that, that's exactly correct. It, that there's, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. All right. Christine, thank you again. I appreciate it. I'm glad that you were able to join for those out there that joined us this morning. Thank you again. Share this with anybody and everybody that you know, that needs some insight and some additional guidance on how to manage your, your company and your, your, um, your team, your employee yeah. team, Christine, before we go, any parting thoughts? No, Michael, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on your show today. This was super fun. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. You know, I appreciate everything that you do, you know, for me and for for your clients as well. So thanks so much for, you know, for having me. And if anybody needs anything, feel free to reach out. We're always here to help. Um, yeah. Thanks yeah. to all the viewers. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your day, Christine. Have a great rest of your day as well. Thank you. You too. Take care. All right. Bye-bye.